Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Figure Studios, Weekend Geek Update, Smurf here, ready to tantalize you with another amazing guest. You could say you've heard his voice. You've heard your voice across... You have, like... Can I say the voice of the Broncos? Can I say that? Uh, I mean, not officially. But you... I mean... The voice of the fan of the Broncos? The, I don't know. The voice of the everyday Bronco fan? Yes. I like that. The everyman fan. The every... <laughs> And it's it's not an easy gig to get, trust me, but I have the one and only Cecil Lemmy. That's right. Okay. I always see it's not a show unless I brutalize your name. That's true. Well, and that's what I do with players and, well, it's just kind of what you have to do. But I get called because I say my name so fast, Cecil Lammy, Cecil Lammy, Cecil Lammy. That people say that Steve Salami. And there's the candy man. (laughs) I got Steve Salami. I've gotten Cecile. I get Caesar a lot. Uh, Lammy, Lamy, Lima Bean. I don't know. Like, just I'm used to whatever. I'm not like Michael Malone who gets all offended when you call him Mike. Well, it's (laughs) well, it's kind of funny because you get into that routine. You just you just blurt it out so fast because you want to. Right. You want to get to the point. Yes. Because we have stories. We have things to tell you, inform you. Yes. Um, Cecil is here at my request because I have never had another radio person in the studio ever. I'm your first? You are my first official radio personality. Never forget your first. Never forget your first. As much as I've tried to get, like, other... And Mel um, from K-House, she's always too busy to come in. She's been on an event. We had uh, a makeup... Rashad Santiago do a makeup demo against other students at the film school. Okay. So she came in to get all makeupized, but she wasn't on air with us, which is just strange. So you were the first. Okay. You are the first. The first of many to come. Ah, we'll, bring, we'll bring in the whole morning show. I'd love to have the whole ESPN <laughs> crew in here. That would be great. It makes me happy. But we're not here to talk to you about sports much. We're actually here because you've got some considerable geek cred, and it is because of our common friend, JP, Jay Pitterance, yeah. who has been on multiple times. Jay and I continue to go back and forth. I've actually spoken at the Art Institute when he was here and all of that. Nice. Jay is an amazing artist, and you and him are working on a new comic book idea, a new approach. Right. And uh, before we get to that, though, I want to like talk about Cecil, because Cecil's got quite the story. Yeah. Um, grew up in the middle of nowhere. I always say the East Coast, Colorado, and Grover, Colorado. Uh, as a farmer, as a rancher, I loved Star Wars. I loved comic books, Conan, Captain America. Those are some of my earliest wow. reads. See, and that's that's a good that's a good foundation. Amazing right Spider Man and Friends was on every Saturday morning. Uh, first appearance of Firestar. First in that issue, of, by the way. Yeah, and you know it's kind of funny because as soon as Disney Plus hit, that is exactly what I went to. Exactly. I, I said, screw the rest of the vault. I don't need stuff. to see it. I'm going to Spider Man and his Amazing Friends, and then just went to the Spider Man ones. Right. 
which was But what's funny about us old guys is we remember when geek culture was not popular. Yeah. It was, you know, you wear a shirt with a Captain America shield. One, you'd probably have to make it yourself. True. And two, if you did, you might get beat up for wearing well, it. And, and I'm that, not even kidding. That was that um, is a true. And it's just funny now because all my friends from school who are like, I love the new Avengers is like, you used to make fun of me for liking <laughs> Captain America. I remember catching shit so much for reading G.I. Joe comic books mm-hmm. from a real everybody. American hero. Real American hero. And I played football. I was a jock. Okay. So I'm sitting there just screwing off, you know, reading reading a comic book like normal, waiting right. for practice to start. And I'm catching shit from the, the, the defensive ends. And I'm like, well, screw you. I'm reading G.I. Joe, real American hero. But you this don't is know. Snake Eyes, the Storm Shadow, and the Hard Master, and <laughs> exactly. the Soft Master. Actually, yeah, I know exactly which I one it was. I jumped on board at G.I. Joe 25, which is right before the origin of Snake Eyes, it which is. is what, 26 and 27? Yep. Because yeah. that's the one, because I was, I even remember that whole confrontation because I'm sitting there, Cobra Commander's escaping the G.I. Joe headquarters. Again. <laughs> Again. And it's got, you know, him flying off with Storm Shadow and the, and the glider. And I was just like so engrossed in it. And then I'm catching crap. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. And it was Zartan all along. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Go figure. But it's Zartan's the best. Yeah. So I just grew up a big comic book fan. Um, my best friend and I uh, came up with a comic book idea and a universe that we've been working on since 1991. Wow. Uh, and never done anything with. There was a time in the 90s. We lived up in Fort Collins. And there was a company called Legends Comics. If you know that, you know Lords, which came out for one issue. One issue. And that was it. Um, Gabe like Hernandez, the, like who the, lives here, by the way. Gabe does live here. Gabe like the Warriors here. of Plasm, just one, one, one issue. issue. <laughs> I've got like five copies of Warriors of Plasm. But anyway, uh, and I got the Plasma, Plasm Zero, because there was zero. a zero. There yes, was yes, a yes. Zero. So we had pitched to Legend. We were going to be in Lords number two in like an anthology thing. Then we had a meeting with them, and they're like, yeah, we can only afford one issue. We're done. We're, our, we're out of business. And Eric and I, at the time, were teenagers. So we're just like, it's over. You know, and life goes on, whatever. But we still talk on the phone almost every day, and we talk about our characters and our universe. We have 150 characters and all these story Holy ideas crap. and all this. And so, like, nothing ever happens with it. 2014, Eric gets di- diagnosed with cancer. Right. And not to sound morbid, but I said, I don't want – him to die without our stuff ever seen print so as he's going through chemo i'm working on the comic just an eight page ash can just it's my tribute to him nice. like here you go buddy here's all here's you know kind of some of our main part of our story and i just wanted to give it to him printed up 100 issues no big deal and it really helped him get through his treatment he'll tell you that and you know it was just it was a it was a trying time but we saw it through with our love of football and our love of comic books and so then, you know, I've had that since 2014. He's cancer-free today, knock on wood. Congratulations. Um, That's great. And DMAC knows about it. Of course, everybody knows DMAC. You either love him or hate him, which is fine. Big Al always said you want people to react to you, not like you. That's true. And DMAC will definitely get a reaction He's out gonna of you. Re- you're going to react to him. When I worked with him on the locker room in the morning, it was, it was always, you know, and he, he is the most gracious and gentle of people when he's not trying to rile you up right and he's a very good guy and i and dmac and i never had a problem i loved working with yeah and he's really good at his job he is very very good at his job so he's on air one time and he's like cecil was a geek and he's got and i do horrible impressions of everyone at the fan so if i break into a let me talk sandy (laughs) then you're gonna know like it's a very inside joke for the audience but anyway so dmac's like cecil's a geek and he's got his own comic book well one of our listeners mark torgrove is a writer in hollywood yep 
and he's used to live here, big Broncos fan. He hears that. He gets in contact with me, says, send me your book. I send him the book. And he was like, let's make this a TV show. And I said, okay. So we've written four seasons of the show. Now working, I'm working with Jay to make the comic so that we can pitch to Hollywood at the same time we're pitching to Scout and Boom and Image and just to say, here. So if the comic gets made, that'll help strengthen our pitch meetings yeah. to movie studios. Very true. And if the movie is greenlit or the TV show is greenlit, then automatically someone's going to want to make the comic. So either way, we're attacking it on both fronts. I can't believe that we're here. And it's been two years since I first talked to Mark. So it's right. not like this just happened. It's just here. And we've been working on these characters since 1991. So that's why we're able of having four seasons already in the, I in th- the book. I think that's called the slow burn. <laughs> yes. I think it's called overnight success takes 10 years or 30. I, I lost count. But either way, it's something that I never thought we'd do anything with other than our own personal enjoyment. All right. And now we have an opportunity to take our creation to the masses and then see what people think. So I'm excited about that. And in addition to our main character, Gravis, which is set in our universe, I have seven other movie ideas that I at least have treatments or partial screenplays done. Good God, man. Yeah. So I'm like, um, <laughs> pretty full with football. And then, <laughs> you know, now with these, obviously focusing mostly on Gravis right now, but all those other projects, it's definitely fun and it's like one of those things i got into radio as a caller and i don't know your opinion on callers because callers can be great and callers can be awful they're, right they're they're unfortunately a necessity yes and jim rome always used to say and maybe still does i haven't listened to Romy in a while but he used to say like more me and less you is a better thing and i was like what an asshole and then you think, now in this part, you're like, eh, man, he's not, he's not too far off the mark. He's not too far. But anyway, so Mark Schlereth was talking about fantasy football in 2003 on 760 The Zone. And it was awful. <laughs> so I called in. I was a machinist up in Arvada making firefighting equipment like brass and aluminum, right? Running lathes and mills. Almost lost that finger. I'm showing you a huge Oh, scar. that is nice. Almost That's lost some good that work. thumb. I also have a scar right there. Jesus. So anyway, you know, very dangerous work. Yeah. But I'm just a blue-collar guy. I'm a farmer, a rancher, don't have a college degree. Went to one year of community college. That was it. Right. LCCC, what's up? So Stink's talking. I call in. And I'd called into like Irvin Joe. And I'd called into Jim Rome and gotten some huge calls of the day or whatever. And I was public speaker in high school ffa future farmers of america right so very comfortable with my own voice call in stink keeps me on for 20 minutes holy which you know as a caller is very rare that's two minutes very rare yeah so i go home and i tell my wife i was like i'm just gonna email him i kind of want to do this not having any plans of ever being on the radio or whatever so i emailed the producer who happened to be andy lindahl and said hey i don't want any money uh i just want to come on and talk fantasy football and emailed me back that friday i was on with stink for an hour and every friday after that worked four years with no pay for 760 and koa <laughs> thank you guys but that was my that my was your opportunity foot in the door. that was my foot in the door yeah. and then in 2007 when scott hastings went to the fan he took me with him it was my first paid radio gig and off we go, man. Da, 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 da. Just like that. Yeah. See, you bypassed the whole promotions. You didn't have to go stand <laughs> and do sticker stops right. and set up tents right. and all that nonsense. Yeah, didn't have to run a board. Don't know how to do any of that. None of that. Never ran my I own did, board. I am glad that I know how to run a board. Yes. That, that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. Yes. I, as far as setting up a tent, no. Because mine went into Colfax one time when we were at the <laughs> Fillmore, and that thing just never survived. Bust took that thing out like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, and I'll say this. like um, I have a very limited skill set. I can show up and talk. Right? So there you, you know go. what? You'd be surprised how many people cannot do that. True. 
True. Well, uh, I'll I'll tell a little tale here. My best friend Big E, we'd always talk. We I mean we talk on the phone all the time, right? right? Comic books, football, whatever. So one time on ESPN Denver, if you remember that, thank you for listening. You're the one listener. Yeah, the one listener. We uh, but when, when I was on ESPN Denver, I happened to do a remote because we did remotes everywhere. We definitely sold. I didn't make money, but <laughs> everyone else made money. Anyway, so we were up at like Ace Hardware and Greeley. So Big E stops by, and I was like, dude, put the headset on. This is like our dream. We'll talk football. Light turns on, you know, like on air. Right. Even though we're on remote and there's right. no light. It was a light in my head. Let's right. just say that. Showtime. Eric's like frozen. <laughs> He's just frozen. Like, what do you think about that new quarter? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. And I was, we go to commercial. I'm like, dude, we do this all the time. This isn't any different. I'm just sitting here. You're sitting here. And we have headsets, headsets on. But yeah, I mean, once it's live, we're doing it live. Yeah. Quote, you know, quotes. Some people can find some hiccups there. Which is, that is hilarious. Because there's, you'd be surprised how many people like, they're like, I, I don't know how you talk. I'm like, or they'll be like, you're such an easy job. I've had friends of mine, like yeah. friends say like, well, you don't work. I, I want to not work like you. And I'm like, really? I don't work. I don't work. Okay. Well, you we're have performing. no idea what my week is like. We're performing. <laughs> we're performing for you. Dance monkey. Dance. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, it is, it, it's not. And I've done, obviously I'm a farmer and a rancher and I'm lo- almost yeah, lost you got like, like Almost lost digits. I know blue collar work, construction worker. I did it. Landscaping. I did it. But. What we do radio-wise and podcast-wise, it is work. It is work. I mean, because I've had other podcasters on who s- didn't start like with broadcast like us, but started in the podcasting world. And okay. Kind of coached a few of them along, but it's, it's still not the same mindset. And they, no. But they are just as drained at the end of a con as, as, as we are in a show because they just throw it all out there. And it's, right. It's not easy. It's not as easy as it looks. It's not as easy as it looks, but the one thing that I've found, and you know this as a radio professional, if you're energized about something, it doesn't yes. matter the subject. Doesn't matter. Don't ever tell me, like, it's a slow news day. You know, don't ever say that. Be like, oh, my God, I can't believe there's a decision coming up with Aaron Rodgers. Like, dude, you have to be excited no matter what the subject is. I watch Very Gary Comics on YouTube, yeah, right? Yeah. Very Gary, good dude. And he was talking about uh, Darth Vader... What is it? Three first appearance, Doctor Afra. Yeah, and I've been specking on that book since it came out. I actually happened to get the fourth print, which is the most rare, like five thousand. Yeah, which I don't under. And yeah. I just picked it up because I went to my comic store and I wanted another copy because I was like, Doctor Afra, I'll get another copy. I didn't even know it was the fourth print because it's just purple, right? So I picked it up off the shelf, fourth print, and I had the first print because I get Darth Vader in my Dropbox, right? right? But very Gary's talking about this, and I use this to coach people that I, I help with podcasts for footballguys.com as an example of, like, everyone knows this book. Everyone's been specking on this book forever. Everyone knows Dr. Affer's going to be huge when she hits. Mm-hmm. But Gary is talking about it, and it's, like, super exciting. That's what you need to do. Oh, I already know everything about football or Batman or whatever. It's like, but I'm going to be excited, and I'm going to tell you something maybe you already know. About death in the family and Jason Todd and eight hundred number or whatever, but I'm going to be excited about it, and it's going to make you excited. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you want to go and read it. Because yes. believe it or not, there are people that have not read Death in oh the Family. Oh my god, one of the best stories in comic history, and also like super undervalued. You oh. can get the whole set for like a hundred bucks. That's ridiculous. Super cheap. undervalued for something that if they ever did the movie the right way, and I could say that for any DC property, if they ever did it the <laughs> right way, it would be epic. Because I was so pissed about Frank Miller's adaptation of The Dark Knight and all that to the cartoon, yeah. which was just absolute bullshit. 
and, and even the, the Killing Joke. Killing Joke, I had oh, even a higher, higher expectation because yeah. all of the voice actors are back. Anytime I read a Batman comic book, I've got Conway's voice in my head. Yes, we all do. Constantly. And then, of course, you get Mark Hamill, who's finally back as the Joker, and it just... What do we get? Batman fucking Batgirl on, on top of a building. Right. It just we got to have to pad the story with uh, superhero sex. I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. They ruined the killing joke. They I remember did. talking to C.J. Anderson in the Broncos locker room, Broncos running back, um, when he was here. And I was like, yeah, I, I said, read the killing joke. Don't watch it. No, you can't. It's not worth watching. It'll ruin it for you. Because then you'll never want to read it. Read it, and it's epic. It is. It's a, a tale uh, beyond time. That whole that whole scene of Joker at the door still even just like gives me chills. It's like, holy crap. It's creepy. It, it is. It's very creepy, but it shows his sadistic nature. Like it's. Just I know that the 60s Batman, for whatever, and that run was, what, three years? Not even that? Not even that. Yeah. But that has cemented so much, maybe for a different generation, but it seems like everyone's like, oh, Batman looks like super goofy. And I'm like, no, he's got mental issues. He's, he's mentally disturbed. And I know there's the rumor now that Warner Brothers is upset that the Batman with Robert Pattinson is too mu- too dark. It gets into his mental... I'm like, no, that's where it should that's go. Where it should be. Actually, one of the best examinations of Batman and Joker's relationship is in Lego, in the Lego movies, in Lego Batman. You need me. <laughs> you need me. What do you mean? I don't need anybody. It's like it's perfect. But, yes, that's Moon Knight's coming out for Disney+. Plus. That's going to examine mental health issues. Um, I don't know which Moon Knight they're going to use because they can't get the Moon Knight story right. I think Mr. Knight is the rumor from what I heard. Really? I think that's what they're going to do. I'm not sure on that. Don't quote me, but I think that's the run. (sighs) That's what the spec people are moving towards anyway. I mean, there's so many different books out there to speculate on. One of the ones, I just want to bring this up because I was so surprised that they decided to do this, but Madame Xanadu is actually going to get a show. Her first appearance actually is Doorway to Nightmare number one that premiered back in 1978. Yeah, I'm watching some on eBay right now. (laughs) Speaking of spec, you know, I'll watch Tales from the Flipside or Comic Tom, and I don't get, like, shop owners, and God bless comic book shop owners, right? The last bastion of The last bastion of true geeks like us. And, you know, some comic store owners don't like spec guys. And I'm like... Uh, it brings more money into the kind of the drives world. the back issues because once a book comes off the shelf and goes into the bin, that's it. Yep, dollar bin. That's if you're it. lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. So you know, I I think spec can. Okay, I get it. There's not the purity, and you don't love the comic or love the story. You just want to make money. I don't care. Are you buying the comics? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the answer is yes, are you going to a comic shop? If the answer is yes, then I'm for that. Yeah. The, the register door opens. And money goes in. (laughs) That's how that works. They tap the card and it goes in. Well, I did. I mean, because we were talking uh, before we got on air with you guys uh, about Sam Keith. Right. And we've been talking about Sandman and the new show coming. And it's funny because I just recently nailed my first, nailed down my first uh, death appearance. Because it's like the only one out of the series I was missing. Okay. And all C's luckily had one come in. And I just know, I know that book is just going to. Just oh, it's going to be skyrocket. It's going to skyrocket, and all the drama over that show. I was like, "What?" Um, yeah. Because it's Desire, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. But Desire is a trans person mm-hmm. in the in the Netflix show. Yes. And so people are like, "What are they doing?" And I'm like, "Desire was always asexual. Desire was mm-hmm. always male and female and non-binary and everything." That's that's if you that's didn't read Sandman, 
So when people, because everyone's outraged about something, right? right? They have to wake up like, what am I checking Twitter to be <laughs> outraged about? <laughs> oh, there's a trans person in the Netflix show. Yeah, well, Desire was always that. That was always the way it was. Yeah, Desire is that person. I was more wound up about Jenna Louise Coleman playing Constantine. Okay. Because I don't think, I mean, I don't care if Constantine's a man or a woman. It's weird, but whatever. I don't well, think is it she's. Is this a daughter or is it Constantine? I think it's Constantine. It's, it's Joanna. Well, the way they're billing it is Joanna Constantine. I think that's his daughter. Yeah, I right? hope so. Cause, but it's still Constantine is just always so dark and gritty and gloomy. Right. Jenna Louise Coleman is a companion from Doctor Who. I mean, I can't see her playing dark and broody. But I love the. <laughs> You know, the the twists that we can get yes. from shows like that. Because if you don't have conflict, you don't have a story. True. Sandman is is perfect. I love Neil Gaiman. I uh, met him at Mile High Comics years ago. Um, I read Good Omens once a year. It's Good Omens 2 coming? my favorite book. I know. I can't believe that they're going to do a Good Omens 2. I don't know how I feel about that. But, but see, that's all Pratchett. We, I know. And as we get older, I guess, <laughs> old man podcast coming to you. <laughs> The more geek stuff we have, the more I'll just applaud it. Maybe I don't like it. Wonder Woman 84 wasn't good. It wasn't. But it was another Wonder Woman movie. It was. And I was happy to see that. You know, because there was a time not that long ago when you and I were reading Wizard Magazine going, they might make a Spider-Man movie in 10 years. I loved the the wish list of who to play who. Yes, yes. Or Wizard. Like this week, you big. know. The Glenn Danzig's going to be Wolverine. He should have been. He's short. He is short. As long as he doesn't do a concert and get knocked out in one punch, I think right. he'll be okay. He's fine. And Patrick Stewart was like every bald guy. Not, not, not only Professor X. I think they had him as Lex Luthor one time. Yeah. And, I mm-hmm. mean, it was just so funny to just go back. Because I still have, I think, like the first 50 wizards. Okay. I have like the first 10. I got rid of the rest of them. Probably just threw them away. But uh, it's actually Wizard that changed Wolverine's first appearance. Wolverine's first appearance is Hulk 181, as everybody knows. Correct. For years, Overstreet had it as 180, because he's in the last well, panel the last and says, here's Wolverine. The, yeah, the, sh- the shadow. And even the Marvel Comics trading cards. And the trading card business got so hot because of COVID and all that yeah. stuff. And I think that stuff cools down. It, and it naturally does, it, it, normally. It, it does uh, that. Ebbs and flows. Right. But even those backs of those Marvel Age cards, and I worked at 7-Eleven during that time. So I had everything. I had the holograms, had the set, had the boxes. You could tell which ones the holograms were in because yeah. you feel the pack and the hologram was a little thicker. Mm-hmm. Those say Hulk 180. But Wizard was like, oh, that's first cameo, and 181 is first, first full, full and first cover, obviously. So controversy and geek culture, I love it. Like, which is not really his first appearance. Gambit, we always thought was uncanny 266, mm-hmm. right? No, it's Avengers Annual 10. No, that's Rogue. That's What's Rogue. The, there's another one, of Avengers Annual 15, I think. I think Art Adams' artwork. I may be wrong on that. but like, I think that's Longshot. No, is that Longshot's introduction to the X-Men? Uh, it's not, it, Longshot there is, stuff's taken off, too. But there's a first appearance of Gambit where he's in like 15 be. panels. It might be that one because there's doing that crossover. Too. Yes. But they don't count it as his first because 266 was like first full or whatever. But, again controversy gets us talking and geek culture it's like the more that we get even if it's not good i love it one of my favorite comics and my username on everything is grim jack i love grim jack from the 80s and the russo brothers as soon as they crushed box office records with avengers right the next screenplay that they wrote and it is now completed is grim jack for amazon 
And I was like, wow, I was nerding out. I have all the Grim Jacks. I have multiple copies. Uh, there's one gold foil issue. I have 50 copies of that. There's only 200 in existence. Wow. And I own 50 of them. So I'm a little <laughs> bit obsessed. People might be upset that I admit that. But whatever. Go buy it yourself. There's one on eBay right now. There's that a trade winning. out there for you. I'm winning right now. So, <laughs> like, that to me. And, like, J. Michael Straczynski was supposed to write Grim Jack back in the early 2000s. That never happened. But Straczynski but the was Russo too busy. brothers wrote Grim Jack That's because they love Grim Jack, and it's completed. That almost kind of validates your, your exactly. faith I love in the character. It. Right. Yeah. Well, and he's a great character in a great city of Sinajur, which is where all dimensions meet mm-hmm. at one place. It's a very impressive story. It is. And it's gory, and it's brutal, and he's been reincarnated as a, a, a man, a woman, a robot. <laughs> Uh, all sorts of things. So, like, yes. I didn't know the robot. <laughs> yeah, he has been, because he was, he was kicked out of heaven. Right. Because he went to save his love, Rion, and because of that, he can never die. Like, he'll always be <laughs> reincarnated and come back. He'll always come back. John Gaunt or James Twiley. Yeah, that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. And that's, it is, it is a great story. I'm 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 curious to see what they put into it because Netflix is just so clawing for just material. Right. And now that COVID is done and everyone's starting to go back to the theater, we're starting to see those those numbers dip and they're just scrambling to get any kind of right. original content. But it's a great time for creators. It's a great time for geeks because and I don't even see if that word is offensive. I'm offended because I'm like, yeah, I'm we a geek. We geek out about everything. Whatever. There's football geeks. There's yeah. sports geeks. There's geek geeks. Yeah. You can't music geeks. Yeah. I sat down with a guy the other day, and he filled my ear about guitars. Just, just I, I didn't even talk to him. We just, I sat down at the bar for, for just a cocktail, and this man, do you like guitars? <laughs> if I say no, Will what does you that not mean? talk to me? Right. You're going to get up and leave? <laughs> Are you going to throw it against the bar? And I said, yeah, guitars are great. And I told him about this Les Paul that I had custom for Ghostbusters, and Ackroyd signed it. Les Paul sucks. Fender is where you want to be, man. And just goes on this this euphoric-style storytelling. Like, I don't even know who the fuck he was looking at. He's just, like, way off in space. Right. Filling my ear full of guitars. But, I mean, that's the geek culture now if you have right. a passion right you want to share there's car geeks i'm yes. a car guy total gear I have multiple cars um like i just i don't know you like what you like yeah. i don't care like whatever maybe some people don't like grim jack i'm not offended i'm just like you should really reconsider you should your position consider and just read it <laughs> and it's funny because and we go back to this because this isn't always the way it was no because we had to be kind of like undercover quiet right Right, but then you'd like look, and you'd see someone wearing like a Spider-Man watch. You just nod your head. It was. It was like a secret society. You know, you the two fingers. You remember on your the eight hundred number? I know I'm really dating myself, and I don't care. But there was an eight hundred number in Amazing Spider-Man where you'd call in to do Spider-Man trivia. Yes, I remember. I that. worked graveyards for Seven Eleven. Guess what I did at four dollars a minute? <laughs> I used my work phone to call in oh and my... win a bunch of Spider-Man stuff. That right? is I still awesome. Have, like the Spider-Man watch and all that. So my district manager, this was a big controversy. I didn't know it. I'm dumb. I'm like $4 a minute. I'm not paying the bill. Who cares? 7-Eleven is. So my regional manager came in, big investigation, because they thought I was calling like sex lines or something. Oh, right? my God. And this is like, in the 90s, and I'm no. calling an 800, 900 number, whatever it was. And so they call the number expecting to be like, hey, sexy. And it's like, can you know Spider-Man trivia? Win prizes. <laughs> They just started laughing. So I got written up. I think I might have get suspended for a day or two or whatever. But they're like, 
you're really a geek. And I was like, yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah, so I almost got fired from 7-Eleven. Stan Lee's voice, hello, true believer. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> Excelsior. Yeah, I almost got fired over those phone calls, but either way. <laughs> so what is your, well, who's your go-to comic book character? Is it Spidey? Uh, I'm not as impressed. I have, uh, with the new Spider-Man run, but... Love Spider-Man, but my guy is Batman. I have every Batman issue from number 77 until now. I do have number 8, the Infinity cover, which is my favorite cover of all time. And, you know, I'll probably never get one or anything like that. But anything under where I've got 76 to 9... You know, they're a few hundred dollars each, so... Well, and that's kind of where I'm at with you, is same as you, because I'm up to, or down to Batman 20. Okay. And after that, it's... I yeah. got nothing. Yeah. And and some of those, between, like, 20 and, I think, 110, some are just rags. Yeah. I mean, yep. <laughs> the cover's barely oh, holding yeah. on. And I don't mind reader copies. <laughs> um, I don't mind low grades. No. I, I don't care. Especially in that area, it's just... It's impo- it, yeah, because you're pushing... You're in Golden Age yeah. at that era. Well, completing my Green Lantern run was so much easier because nobody gave a shit about the Alan Scott stuff. Right. It's harder to come by, but it's easier. People just don't care. They'll get rid of it. Batman, mm-hmm. cold, dead hand. you yep. got to get, like, season tickets and for the Packers. And even if it's one of those issues where it's just a non-mover, no Joker cover, mm-hmm. no first appearance bat for it, or first Batmobile, which is, like, what, 25, 25. I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, People still hold on to it because, like, well, this is Batman. It's got to be worth a few hundred dollars. It's like, it's not. It's not. Trust me. It's not, not all of them. Not all of them. Not all. You can get some smoking deals sometimes. So as I look at everything before 77 and go, well, probably not going to get that, I try to also then upgrade my issues in the 200s, you know, just, okay, first Ra's al Ghul. Okay, now I, now I got a that seven instead that of a five. reaching so far out yeah. of the group. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, just try to slowly go through that. But Batman's my guy. For sure. One thousand percent. Wow. Um, so did you pick up Long Halloween yet? Mm-hmm. And yeah. well are, well you're talking about the new one? The new that new animated special that came oh, out no, just no, no, last no. week. That's one of those like I'm gonna let everyone else watch it. <laughs> And then tell me, because if it's like Killing Joe, because Long Halloween is awesome. Long Halloween is great. Jim Sale does an an amazing job with that story. And, I I mean, I never really respected Calendar Man. It's Calendar Man. I know. It's the dot, you know. I mean, a condiment man. Yeah, it's a guy that has calendars. Yeah, no no big deal. But that really builds, like, respect for just how screwed up Calendar Man is. Right. And it builds respect for the rogues gallery, which is the main problem with Marvel. I know Marvel kicks the shit out of DC in the movie terms, but right. in comics terms, DC has always been so much better. Yeah. So much better. And all the Marvel stuff now that they're doing is usually just stuff from the 90s. It is a rehash. That's all they're doing. So DC has better comics. Marvel has better movies. Mm-hmm. And that's tough for me to say. I know there's been Donny Cates and what he did on Venom. Although King in Black was kind of disappointing. I, I was mean, 50, you rip apart 50. Century in the first yeah. four pages or whatever that was. You're like, oh, my God, Noel is here to kick your ass. And then it kind of falls apart. But well, and it doesn't. And that was the zenith. I honestly mm-hmm. thought it would just kind of keep ramping up. Right. And, I was like, what's next? And then. Oh, nothing. Now they just needed to get rid of Century. It reminded me of like when uh, what's his name just killed off Vision, uh, Brubaker. Mm-hmm. When Brubaker was just tired of Vision, killed him. They brought him back. Brubaker killed him again. Killed him again. Like, 
just kill this fucker. Right. I, I don't care. Right. I think that was just this. It was just Kate's way of like, I hate this entry, yeah. and I'm just going to kill him. Now, anything Marvel, I'll spec on, even if it's something I don't collect, just because it's fun, and it's like the stock market or whatever. Yeah. Uh, DC, I don't necessarily spec on, but man alive, there are so many undervalued keys on DC. The Marvel stuff is stupid. Yes. Right? Um, your second appearances, your first solo titles. I'm a big Moon Knight guy. So all the early Moon Knight stuff, that's just rocking. Even the Mark Spector stuff is rising because his brother is going to be in it. And I think, what is that, like Mark Spector Moon Knight 27, first appearance of his brother. Anyway, like, so that stuff's fun, but it's already skyrocketed. DC, I'm just telling you, I look at the DC stuff like Death in the Family. You could get a set of 9.8s. For probably five hundred bucks yeah. for those four issues, Which all is nine ridiculous. eight, beautiful. You can find newsstand copies. Like it's just, and I always love the people that don't understand the newsstand thing because in the early eighties, newsstand was the majority, like eighty yeah. percent, and it was about nineteen eighty nine where newsstand became about ten percent of the total run. So people are like. They'll have uh, Star Wars number one, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a newsstand. It's like, yeah, but that was the normal that issue. Was normal. You know the pro tip. The Whitman not reprint ones because there's Whitman ones with no UPC, just a blank box and that says reprint. You don't want those ones. Those ones are fine. But find the Whitman ones that don't say reprint up on Luke Skywalker in the top left because those are less than 5% of the total run. Very collectible. I didn't know it was that low. And you can find beautiful copies for like 25 bucks. Once people figure that out because Whitman was the first dip the toe in Mm -hmm. the direct market. Mm Mm-hmm. So and I remember going variants. to like Walgreens and they had the packets. The three packs or whatever. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I, I picked up so many good books that time. Yep. Or, or that way anyway. Because it, well, I don't know if you, because I was here in back east, but I remember going to Buckingham and Mark's uh, All in a Dream Shop was right there, or Fantasy Works, excuse me. And I would hit Walgreens, walking over to Mark's to see what, if anything good, if I could trade it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, it was a thing. I just loved doing it. Yeah, and it exploded in the 90s. Like, I remember so many New Mutants 98s. I I think I had them stolen. I won't say by who. (laughs) Um, But I I had, like, 10 of those. You know, ASM 361, I had, like, 10, 20 of them. Because you just go to King Supers. It's like, oh, there's a dollar, and here's a stack of five ASM 361s. We used to hit the King Supers up in Fort Collins and then take them to Fusion Comics. Rob Guy, what's up? Yeah. and then we'd sell them for like twenty bucks, get twenty dollars in store credit, so I could buy Exo Manowar number five. See, that's that's the movie they should have done for Valiant, not Bloodshot. Yeah, yeah, Exo is an excellent idea. Exo is is, but I just want to see him throw the executive out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a hostile takeover. He just shows up. All right, I'm in charge. I'm in charge now. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and they've rebooted it. Like, I've got the Expo reboots the new one, and stuff, yeah, but I'm just like, eh, it's not the same as the 90s one. No. And the Bart Sear art that came in later was so, so good for the book. And mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah. Sorry. We're nerding out. <laughs> That's fine. That's what we're supposed to do, right? <laughs> it is what we do. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's difficult because DC can throw a screw at it at any time because it's so deep and DC has such obscure characters that you you don't know where where to look is the problem right and as uh, when and you you're don't have someone like God bless Kevin Feige because he loves comics it does. and you can tell it comes through that's part of the spec like if you listen to Lords of the Long Box and you get through the 
seven minutes of techno music at the beginning. Uh, I kid, TiVo. Anyway, uh, once I you don't. get through that, they'll <laughs> spec on what Kevin Feige is telling the writers to look at. So there's like right. some weird stuff. And, you know, well, Captain Britain and Spider-Man's first team up together. I think it is Marvel, Marvel team, up. team up. It is like there's certain issues where Feige's telling his people to read these. Because they're going to draw from that. So deep spec guys. Like Punisher Annual number two. Punisher Annual number two is him and Moon Knight. It's a pink cover. Mm-hmm. You remember Atlantis Attacks. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible season series. two of Moon Knight where Punisher's going to oh be. Oh, my God. Are so they bringing Punisher in? season one isn't even out. Or excuse me. Moon Knight season one isn't even out. No. But there's people like are, me are that are specking on season two because Punisher and Moon Knight are going to I hope fight. Bentonall comes back as Punisher. Because I think he, he... He's the perfect Frank Castle. Perfect Frank Castle. And mm-hmm. I love Thomas Jane. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was an amazing. And even yes. like the fan film where he goes to do his laundry. The laundromat. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. It's perfect. But what Bentonall did, just the, the, the raw emotion that he has... Ellen, let's be honest. Like, Punisher Warzone wasn't a bad movie. No. It wasn't bad. It like, wasn't bad. Like, you know... Move yourself away from the MCU and just be like, this is a separate thing. Just enjoy it. And it's an enjoyable movie. Yeah. I thought Bloodshot was an enjoyable movie. It was good. It wasn't great. It was good. I just couldn't wrap my brain. I, I just was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Click. I'm out. <laughs> I try to support stuff. I try as I well. I went to see New Mutants in the theater during the pandemic. Oh, wow. Which, you know, I've risked my life for New Mutants. I say that half-jokingly. And, you know, I was just like, I I'm, I'm just want to support it. I was actually curious from a talk show host standpoint, like, what are theaters like now? Well, and no, that's a, that was an excellent approach to it. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, New Mutants missed the mark. So, so many reshoots so and many. recut and splice it up here. And yeah. Delayed however many times. Because at the end, and it was funny because we went to the theater. I was sitting there with my buddy. And he, and he looks over at me after the end of the film. What are Sunspot's powers? I'm like, well, he said, no, 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 no. Before you answer, based on that movie, right? What are Sunspot's powers? Right. I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Stop bringing up facts. Yeah, God, mm, screw you. <laughs> but that was that was the whole thing. He was right. I was like, uh, he can evaporate water if he's in a pool. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's a power. That's a power. He can make you some wicked ramen. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I, I didn't have an answer, but yeah, you're right. It's. Um, it was it, 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 it's frustrating, but I can understand at least Feige is telling him because like White Vision, West Coast Avengers that that book is a dog. There's yeah. nothing that happens in that book. Yep, just Vision's white all of a sudden, and now it's like a hundred dollar book. Right? Yeah, overnight. Yeah, uh huh. So Young Avengers, Young Avengers is going through the roof, and with the new speculation after the cliffhanger uh, ending on Loki, right. Uh, we get Kid Loki, Kid Loki, who also shows up in Young Avengers in the comics later. Right. So, th- I think it's fun. I think Spec is fun. Spec um, is fun. It, and especially if you're a comic book geek, or you remember when those issues weren't worth anything, mm-hmm. and you passed them up in the dollar bin. Those are the fish story. You know how fishing yeah. stories guys be like, I had this I big this one in the line, blah 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 blah. <laughs> That's our fishing story, right? <laughs> or if you get rid of a book too soon, <sighs> you know, those are our. Fish stories. And it's hard because you've got Red Hulk, his first appearance in Hulk number one, and everybody's specking on that one, but it, it hasn't moved. It's still kind of hovering around 70 to 100 bucks. Right. I think that one's going to. That's the next one I'm thinking I to spec- take off. I specced on first Red She Hulk, and I specced on when, the, when he split. Oh, yeah, half. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are a little more affordable issues. And more. again, they're just fun. Like, I don't care. Hey, they're never going to make Red She Hulk. 
No. So, <laughs> I well, still probably own that book. I mean, that uh, I saw an image for Tatiana Masia, or Tatiana, who's playing She-Hulk in the mm-hmm. new sh- series. Right. She looks great as She-Hulk. I think they kind of did a little morph on her. I wouldn't and be surprised. Daredevil's going to be in the Spider-Man oh, 3 I, movie. So and so is She-Hulk. Charlie Cox is just... They're working as uh, actors. So, or excuse me, lawyers. Mm-hmm. They are working as actors, but they're lawyers in the show. <laughs> and I think like taking the stuff that worked from Netflix... Because it all worked, except Iron Fist. Iron Fist was just a dog. Iron Fist was so bad. It and was. If you can't do martial arts, don't... Do it. Don't be Iron Fist. If you can't... Because Homeboy, he's from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Whatever his name is. Like, great actor, whatever. Nicest guy in the world, whatever nice I got to say. Yep, met him at DCC. But he can't do martial arts. And it looked Horrible. odd. And very choreographed and not natural whatsoever. Well, it's like, well, you shouldn't think, be Iron Fist. No, and I think that's why they're trying to do Shang-Chi and kind of pull elements from mm-hmm. Iron Fist. Because we yeah. got Thing Fan Foom right. and Aliens and all that nonsense, which we've talked about in the past. But um, I, we'll never see Iron Fist again. They 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 beat that one too yeah. bad. Yeah. But I'm I, everyone else, I'm j- excited to see Jessica Jones come back. I'm excited to see Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Yeah. Oh, that was... That was great. I bought that first soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, so Magnifique. good. Magnifique. That was an amazing soundtrack. So I, I can't go, I can't, I can't bash them on that side. I really appreciate the market. Yeah, side and I, I mean, I've been a Netflix member since you got DVDs in the mail. And I think I kept the hangover. <laughs> I probably paid like 50 bucks for it because I got penalized or whatever. Um, and then, like, I got rid of my Netflix subscription, and then when the Marvel shows were announced, I just got it back. Now I just kind of forget that I have it. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. But I'm also watching things like Jupiter's Legacy, what have you, so I'm trying to support. Umbrella Academy is awesome. <sighs> Umbrella um, Academy is great. You know, Gerard Way, speaking of writers, like we are talking about Kevin Smith earlier, I think Gerard Way has done some really interesting character arcs on anything that he's touched, so... Well, you know. he, I love I love him and I love Mark Millar. I love how they like build these characters that you just absolutely fall in love with. I'm upset Jupiter's Legacy fell short, yeah. and everyone's expectations. But what he did for the characters is is spectacular, right. and I'm sad that we won't get to see that evolution because Utopian goes. Freaking bad shit. We won't see it on Netflix, but that doesn't mean we won't see it. That is true. Because they can take it and sell it to Amazon or whatever and be like, we have the number one Netflix show. Yeah. Now you've got us. I mean, so we might be able to. Maybe. uh, Maybe. But then they'll have to sell that part because they bought the Malarvers. Yeah. Netflix owns anything that he does. Which I'm waiting for a decent version of Wanted. Mm-hmm. Which I I'm very but I mean um, the the bad crooks or the uh, the follow up that happens in Jupiter's Legacy's universe with the villains and I I'm like okay I don't know if I'm really sold on that series I didn't right. really care for it much anyway but right. I like him and Quietly's combined effort so I'm always reading it who is the basically Batman with Joker's villainy villainous mind who wears all white why am I forgetting his name. The, from the Malarverse. Oh, um, Nemesis. Nemesis, yeah. Nemesis. Nemesis Imagine is doing impressive. a Nemesis show. That would be And the great. ways, I won't spoil it if you haven't read Nemesis. What are you doing? Yeah. Go read Nemesis. John What's Schnepp. What's wrong with you? R.I.P. to John Schnepp. And if you yes. remember AMC Heroes, and I was actually uh, 
uh, Patreon or whatever it was Kickstarter through for Death of Superman Lives What Happened mm-hmm. if you like freeze it at the end of the movie when it's going through all the, the Kickstarter people you my, are, you my find name's it? on there nice yeah. yeah I found it it hurt my eyes <laughs> I couldn't see for three days but I found my name I but John Schnepp was the first one to turn me on to Nemesis um, and not like you personally told no. me but on that show they were just going through because that show used to be about comics mm-hmm. and then it morphed as you know Collider bought them and it morphed into a show about comic movies and oh yeah maybe some comics and then John Schnepp passed away and yeah that was the end and of it. John Campia left and that was just the end of that but when it was a comic book show he was like oh you got to read Nemesis so I bought it on Comicsology because I'll buy digital I'll still buy physical. If I like it enough digitally, digital. I'll I'll go. I'm running out of space. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So like Nemesis was awesome. If they ever did that, right? If Netflix did that, it would be incredible. But I think you're still looking at kind of the same like budget because what Jupiter's Legacy was like three billion dollars or something. Yeah, like a couple hundred million. Yeah, I got like ridiculous money. So I mean, it, the quality was great. I even liked how they twisted different issues and stories to create that landscape. But right. Kick-Ass. I'm waiting for Kick-Ass, the series. Right. I know we got the movies. Jim Carrey should never have been in that second. And then film. he was against it. Yeah, because like he realized afterwards. what it was. He, right. he like, oh, this is a lot more violent than oh, I thought. Oh, I don't want to promote this. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. Because then, and it's almost like with the Bloodshot thing, it's like, that's Vin Diesel. That's not Bloodshot. So it there's is. certain people that get too big where you're like, that's Jim Carrey. <laughs> That's not anybody else he's playing. That's no, Jim Carrey. It's Jim Carrey. So it can be problematic for a comic book universe where you're supposed to suspend reality or suspend yeah, disbelief. Suspend disbelief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no dis- there's no suspending it with him because it is it is it's Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey just doing a character. And I honestly was waiting him to do like Fire Marshal Bill there at the <laughs> end <laughs> when he started getting his ass kicked. I really was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but there's so much good out there. There and is now. You know, companies are realizing that they can use geek culture. And I don't care if it doesn't follow the source material correctly or whatever. I understand I what they have to do. Yes. I want it to be entertaining. And I want it to be popular because I want to keep it going. There's so many people like, oh, superhero fatigue. I'm like, no, there's not. No. No, there's not. If you keep telling the right stories, you tell them the right way, there's not superhero fatigue. People are crazy about it. And then get this and... We're a little older, so it'll be in our twilight years. We'll be in a senior home, and they'll be rebooting this stuff. Because See, I don't, it all want, comes I don't around. want to face that. I don't want to be there when they try to reboot the Avengers universe. Because that is just that's failure waiting to happen. Yeah. Well, if they keep it up and keep continuing it. But again, like that's another thing where they could just keep going back to it. All the 90s nostalgia that we get now and the TMNT prices that are going through the roof. Uh, Power Rangers, Transformers, Mortal Kombat. Yes, all of it. uh, Pro tip for spec out there. G.I. Joe versus Transformers. They are going to have a movie where they're together. G.I. Joe versus Transformers, number one, is like an $8 book. I've gotten some really choice, and I'm from the 90s, so I can say choice. I've got some choice issues off eBay in the last like few months just because nobody knows what nobody it is. Nobody knows what it is. And, and they don't know that there's a movie coming. There's a G.I. Joe Transformers movie coming. Spec on that book now. Get them graded. I'm a big... I send about 20 books to CGC a month. Oh, wow. Um, I know You some are people, hardcore. Some people don't like graded comics, but I'm like, if it's the right comic, yes. I want it graded. I want it protected. My Hulk 181. I want it protected. My Captain America 117. I want it protected. Like... They're just my ASM 300. And my I have ASM four of them. Like, that one slab. I want those slabs. Yep. So, and there's certain like runs, like my McFarlane run. 
I'm filling out um, CGC graded. I, I collect a 9.6. I know that's not the glorious 9.8, but 9.6 is still a beautiful book. It's still damn And the near prices perfect. for 9.8 are just stupid. You'll have a yes. nothing issue that gets a 9.8. Someone will put a three dollars $400 price tag on it on eBay. My, ni- my ASM is pretty much on 9.8, and I love it. Yeah. But I'll never sell it. No. I just put it in there so I knew it was safe. And safe it was so and the condition pretty. by a third party has yep. been deemed whatever that is. Yep. 9.8. Uh, There's nothing wrong with a 9.6, though. I mean, it's no. really splitting hairs because the grader, and I, and I haven't even like fought with graders because I, I think at this point in my career, I'm pretty good at like dissecting. You can eyeball it. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of shit. Because I've gotten some back that I'm just like, there's no way this is a 6.0. Right. And, and I'm like, the pages are white. There is no break in the color. Right. The spine is in one piece. There's no fretting around the freaking staple. And you're telling me it's a 6. Screw you. I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe the you. The nice thing about this community is that, and there's assholes in every community, oh, right? Oh, of course. But, and we could say that about radio. And we could name names if we were drinking. Uh, but in the comic book community, there's just so many good people. You mentioned JP, who mm-hmm. is working with us on Gravis. Like, just having him in the fold and all the doors with other people that he's open. Because, again, I have, I have Gravis, but I also have seven other movie properties that I'm working on. Some are animated features, like my familiars, um, which is basically Harry Potter meets Fox and the Hound. Which is great. And, like, you explain that to me. I love that The way Stray premise. Dogs is doing now, oh, I'm like, Stray Dogs. familiars would be perfect yes. for now. That was such a hit for me, and I had no idea what I was getting into. Right. I'm just like, I don't know, but I this just looks bought, cool. I just picked up number one. I was just like, okay, but immediately hooked. Yeah. And, and same with and Crossover. it's a rocket ship. It's a rocket. Crossover, both those two books are such good hits for me. Yeah. That had no And you no can idea. tell, like, I'm a big Something is Killing the Children guy. Like, <laughs> that that's, is, that's huge. I, I, don't, I don't promote that book too often because it's a guilty pleasure. I just think it's I don't want to share it with anybody. Just yeah. like, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it is awesome. I accidentally bought another copy of number one last week. Oops. Yeah, because I got the email like, hey, you won. I'm like, I won what? I forgot I put a bid in. <laughs> and it was a pretty high bid. I probably should have studied the market a little bit. I didn't overpay, though, because you know, with eBay, it's, it'll only right. go up to whatever it goes for. So I'm like, that's what the market bears. And I think it was like 480 That's actually very respectable. So it's not bad. No. I mean, I've seen some, and that was raw. But here's the thing. Looking at the CGC census, which I do, 75% of something that's killing the children, number one, 75% of them are nine eights. So I have two raw copies. I'm like, I have a pretty good chance that at least one of those are 9.8. And if they're not, well, fuck it. I'll just sell them and find my 9.8, right? You'll get at least a 9.6 out of it. Right. At least. Right. Because they're new books, and new books should be better taken care of and better, you know, cared for and all those sorts of things. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think that part of the market's fun. I love Department of Truth. Like, love, 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 love James Tinian and what he's doing. Department of Truth is my jam. Big, big. I mean, like everything. Every cover, every variant, everything. Wow. Got it Jesus. all. Got it all. You're going nuts over there. I, you know, and you love is, what you love, though. You man. do love what you love. And I always, that's what I always tell people when I had my shop. I was just like, speculation aside, read what you love. Get, mm-hmm. get, get into that first before you start dipping your toe into the collector's world because right. you'll never be happy. You will never find happiness as a speculator. Do you know what's interesting about those two books what they're kind of the same idea 
not to spoil things for you, but just you think about something and it becomes truth. Whether you're a kid and you right. think about a monster and then they kill you and your family or you're an adult and you think about conspiracy theories and they are all true. So Tinian took the same idea, basically. And did it twice. Yes, and did it twice. <laughs> he took the whole... He, he is took, so clever. He took the secret, because what you think about, you bring about. Yes, and literally what made you draw. two books oh. about it. Yeah, I thought about that the other day. I was like, oh my God, Your it's epiphany? the same idea. You're like, holy crap. I'm still going to buy them all. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go pick them up. Son of a bitch. See, that's why I don't like talking to comic people, because now i got to pick up more books. Yeah, it's worth your time, though. It is. It, is. it really is, because there's nothing else. Because DC is like, given up. I don't know what the hell DC is doing. No idea. I know they're raising the prices. Raising the prices and cutting the and titles. And cutting the titles, yeah. So, I mean, I'll still get Batman, but I'll be less likely to jump on any sort of big event you no, know, no crossovers. Whether what's next? Well, they did kind of have speed metal because I was like, Dark Knight, Death Metal, Dark Knight Metal, Dark Knight Speed Metal, Thrash Metal. Where's my Bay Area Thrash Metal? <laughs> Am I going to get a Testament <laughs> cameo in this? Testament that is my intro awesome. song on my radio show, by the way. <laughs> Very nice. It has been since Henchman Ride came out in like 2010. So if there's one person that brings metal to the airwaves, it's me. I, I'm Thank old you. school. I'm, I got Genesis. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's the intro music you're going to be coming into for you this. You love week's, what you love, man. Exactly, and I can't, I can't, I can't throw shade on anyone who who does that. And and it's and and I encourage it. I'm like absolutely read, enjoy what you, and love what you love because otherwise, it's too short. What's the point? Exactly. You know, we're supposed to be having fun. It's like what I always say about radio with football. It's like. Why do I want to do like a si- – we get to play in the sandbox. There is so much shit that is wrong in today's society. There is yes. so much shit that needs to be worked on that's usually ignored um, because people are distracted by many things and they ignore the big topics. And like these are topics that are heavy, that will take a lot of time, a lot of effort to fix. A lot of energy. It's not it's any sort of hashtag that's going to – well, we fixed it, guys. Like there's so many big problems. And as a radio guy, as a sports radio guy, I get to play in the sandbox. Why do I want to make that difficult? I want to have fun yeah. because outside the outside world, a lot of times, is not fun. Oh, scary! So when shit. you have that distraction of comic books, of movies, of music, of cars, whatever you're into, good. And then let's all come together on the heavy shit and work together. I'm a big unity guy right. instead of division because I think division is dumb. Right. So let's come together and work on the big stuff together and then love what you love. And I don't care what you love. Maybe it's not what I love, but I don't at care. Least, at least you got passion. Yeah, exactly. I am, I'm always happy about people who have that passion. Although I'm still weirded out by people that don't like music. You ever ran into one of those? Yeah. And they're like, I don't like music. I'm like, oh, what? my God. What do, do you, you have do bodies in, the car? in your basement? No. <laughs> are your parents in the freezer? <laughs> right. Right. How many what do you do in, the, I are mean, in your freezer? Exactly. I can't, I can't imagine just driving down the road and listening to the engine. Right. What is that? I, well, I know what it sounds like, but I mean, what is that? I just, no, I can't wrap my brain around Unless that. you're on a motorcycle. Don't get me started on the motorcycle. They have the magnetic clips for your phone. Oh. I'm like, I ride a motorcycle to get away from my phone. <laughs> Not that. And it's in my blood, and <laughs> I'll never never get away from it. So um, let's, let's talk some shop. Okay. Um, who haven't you interviewed that you've wanted to? Have you interviewed Bradshaw? Because we were talking about that off mic. Yeah, I would think he'd yeah, be like, he was a dick to me. Oh, um, it's a great Terry Bradshaw story. He was up in Brighton at Walmart signing his book, and it was around. It was like the week of his birthday. So okay. here's how big of a, a Steelers nerd I am: is I got him a birthday card. So I had a copy of his book, and I had his birthday card. It was Bugs Bunny birthday card because I love Bugs Bunny. 
And so I'm like getting ready. I'm going to meet Terry Bradshaw. I'm going to talk to him, blah, blah, blah. And there happened to be a very attractive woman in front of me oh, in line. You didn't stand a chance. So Terry signs her book. He's flirting with her and whatever's whatever, red-blooded male, whatever. Yeah. And so he's flirting with her and smiling and laughing. And as she walks away and as I slide my book up and he, like, scratches on my book, all he's doing is staring at her <laughs> as she's walking away. And I'm, like, giving him a birthday card. Happy birthday, Terry. You're the best. And thanks. Doesn't make eye contact with me at all. Oh. So, yes, Terry Bradshaw was a dick to me. Um, which is funny because, as you know, when someone will say, like, John Elway, and somebody will be like, he was a dick. Yeah. And I'm like, John's always been, like, super nice to me. Now it's a different relationship because I'm not a fan or whatever. But, like... Sometimes you're going to run into the hot chick in front of you at line. The Terry Bradshaw doesn't want to look at you. Like yeah. you're going to run into that. Terry Bradshaw is probably the nicest guy ever. Maybe not. I've heard other stories, but I, either way, my personal experience was disappointment. My my experiences actually, all my experiences with LA have been good. Uh, Shannon Sharp and I don't see eye to eye. Okay, but Sharp and I, I don't think Sharp sees eye to eye really with anybody. Definitely not with Skip. Nope, not with Skip. Come on, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite uncle? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but again, it's, you know, I'm sure there are people who are like, Shannon Sharp is the greatest guy ever. Yeah, and I'm, sure in, and I'm sure in catching him at the right moment would also help, but. Yeah. And in, when they're at training camp, they don't like talking well, to Well, and all these guys are just human anyway. They are, and so. everyone has a bad day. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever been doing one of those interviews and you're just, they're having a bad day and you've got to just stomach through it? Yeah, I mean, there was the time I told Von Miller uh, that Von he Miller? led the... <laughs> I was at a Super Bowl party once, and I smelled something. I was like, oh, there's Von, before I even saw him. But anyway, that was up in Minnesota. Man, that was cold. Anyway, uh, so like, I told him, because he had a question about, like, oh, you're having a bad year, because you only had eight sacks or whatever. And right. so then it was my turn, and I was like, well, Von, you actually have, you lead the league in interceptions and incompletions caused by pressure. And I didn't put it as easily as that. I kind of stumbled through it. And I was basically trying to be like, hey, do you ever feel like when people say you're having a bad year, be like, dude, you're not watching football because he's only got eight sacks. Like, no, he's having a really stats. good year. Yeah. There's other stats to look at. Now, deep stats, maybe stats people don't know. But if you watch the damn game, you know. And so Vaughn, like, looked at me funny and he kind of made fun of my question. Everybody laughed. It was an uncomfortable, embarrassing moment. I think Nikki Javala must have retweeted it like 50 times because she <laughs> loves it. So, like, Vaughn was kind of a dick to me then. And I was just trying to make him look better, you know? I'm doing this for you. I'm doing it for you, Vaughn. <laughs> Sacrifice my dignity so you could look good. But, yeah, I mean, so you get those once in a while. Not mm. that often, but once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while. I yeah. mean, not all of the interviews have gone well, but uh, all, a lot of have gone well for me, so mm-hmm. I can understand. Now, getting your stuff to Netflix, I'm absolutely fascinated by. Yeah. Because they're so, like, focused on content and trying to get writers. And I mean, how, do you, how did you get your stuff in front of Netflix? In front of them, it's just knowing the right people, wow. honestly. Okay. And, you know, what there is is there's, like, soft pitches. Right. And then there's real Full pitches. court press. Then there's full court press. I have not been to full court press. Oh. But I have enough interest from lower level people to be like, yeah, this can move up the chain. Wow. That's how it begins. So you've gotten past the gatekeepers. Because you actually have to write for the gatekeepers. Because the producers oh, wow. and stuff, okay. they're not going to read it. It's going to be their intern 
that reads it and they'll read the first 10 pages. So you got to, you got to, just like we're talking about cold opens off there in radio, you got to hook. Okay. I don't need to hear about weather and the traffic on the tens and ass crack and ball sack and mayhem in the AM. (laughs) I don't need any of that. You need the hook. So once you get past the lower level, either interns or lower level executive who can't, you know, buy your stuff, but they can put it in front of people that can, that's, that's uh, an important part of the process. Yeah. And just knowing the right people, knowing people that work there and work for them have allowed me that avenue for the stuff that I do. Because every time that you pitch, there's always a, this is good. What else you got? Yeah. There's so always our what superhero else universe with 150 characters, when they say, what else you got? I go, I got a buddy comedy called Fake Booze, B-O-S, about a guy who starts a fake ghost-busting business. Nice. When his best friend dies. Totally in on that and one. And then his best friend like dresses up in drag and goes and haunts people, and then he comes in and fake <laughs> ghost-busts him. And the Today Show picks up. He makes a bunch of money. Ooh. And then the military says, let's hire you to go battle real ghosts. That's that the is, twist. I yeah, so love fake booze. I got that. Familiars, which I told you about, yep. which is the Harry Potter meets Fox and the Hound. It's an animated series. Stuff like that. I, I mean, just on and on. Sue Immortal is one of my near and dear characters to my heart. He's a ninja who's suicidal and immortal. Kind of a problem. <laughs> kind of a problem. Yeah, but he's realizing the value of life after, you know, 400 years of just not trying to kill himself. To die, right? And not being able to die. He can die. He just doesn't know how to yet. Uh, there's always a he's trick. He's figuring it out at the same time when he wants to live. Spoiler alert. So, you know, it's... Um, I've told my dad, who still lives out in the country, I said, Dad, it's a lot like writing a country song. You got to have a twist. Mm. You got to have irony. I have in Familiars, the Harry Potter meets Fox and the Hound, and this is from a real story from when I grew up. We had a dog named Zizi who grew up, because he was a little dog, he's a pug. Right. He grew up with our barn cats. So guess what Zizi thought he was? A cat. He's a cat. So that story is about acceptance because it's about a dog who grew up with cats. Thinks he's a cat. And thinks he's a cat. And his dad, like, hates him for it. But he's just trying to, like, no, I'm just, I'm just me, you know. I, I grew <laughs> no up with the cat. So, and it's with <laughs> witches and warlocks. And there's hunters, the witch hunters that go after that have the dogs. Right. So you can see the fox and the hound element That's great. tied in with the witchcraft and all those sorts of things. And it's a great message about acceptance, not tolerance. People always say, we need tolerance. No, you need acceptance. It's, not ex- it's acceptance. Yeah. It's not, hey, I'm gonna put, you're going to annoy the shit out of me, but I'm going to put up with you. No, it's about accepting others' differences in your heart. Yep. And that's what that story is really Looking about. Looking past it. So you take something and you give it a twist. Suicidal, immortal. Our story, Gravis, is about the most powerful being in the world. And he's a teenager, and he doesn't care about saving the world. He doesn't want to. He doesn't like it. And just kind of that conflict that goes into that. So I'm always looking for conflict within my stories. And then, you know, when someone says, that's good, what else you got? Oh, well, I've got Buddy Cop movie. I've got animated series. I've got other superhero properties. Like, what else you got? I got a lot. Got it all. So when you started out on this endeavor, I mean... Is it on the farm that you started writing these stories or coming up with these ideas? Or has this just kind of been a slow progression as as you're killing time between stop sets? <laughs> right. <laughs> it started out in the country, of course, because when you grow up in the middle of nowhere, the last place you want to be is the middle of nowhere. True story. So my best friend and I, we came up with just a world of superheroes that are known. They're celebrities. It's almost like the boys in that in that vein. Which, which is very nice. Because I think the, um, you know, like secret identity and the, he's got glasses on. You don't know him. Like all that <laughs> shit's old. That's the old way it's of thinking. It's tired. And that's why, God bless Peter Parker, and I don't want to insult Spider-Man whatsoever, but our character, Marcus Martinez, who is Gravis, 
you know, he's got that celebrity life that he's wanted. He's 15 and he's got that life. So you can do a lot of problems when you have that life. Yes. And there's no like, golly shucks, gee whiz. I always say the line (laughs) with great power comes zero responsibility. I have teenagers. I have two teenage daughters. Oh, jeez. You think they Dominus would be ready? <laughs> right. You think they would be ready to save the no. world? Not I at don't all. even know if I would be ready to save the world. Exactly. So it's just kind of that conflict on what you're supposed to be compared to what you want to be. All right. And I think there's certain just kind of, I don't know, historic or natural stories that we all gravitate to. And that's where a lot of these lie in. Sue Immortal, Suicidal Immortal, it's examining mental health. Examining why you know you should be happy to live or right. have reasons to live, it's a very heavy examination, but it's one that you can do through story and people can resonate with. Because I think all of us, no matter your walk of life, have dealt with some level of depression. And every, I mean, because the one thing that always bothers me is like you—you you don't understand my hardship, right? You don't understand what I'm going through. You're right, I don't. But I have dealt with hardship. Everybody right. has dealt with hardship. Everybody has dealt with loss. It may not be the same loss, but they can understand loss through their own experiences. And right away, everyone wants to, you know, circumnavigate or undersell someone else's pain. Right. When it's not the case. That's that's the, the commonality. We all feel it. It's different levels and different things, but it is there at the heart. And I think that's where everyone just is missing the mark where everyone needs to like focus and draw together. Mm -hmm. And that's where it resonates with all of us because at the end of the day, you want to write a story that makes people feel. Yeah. Uh, You want a page turner as you talk about like stray dogs or I'll talk about department of truth or whatever. Like I can't wait for the next issue. Yeah. And I love that feeling. I can't wait for the next episode of Loki. And I love that feeling. So good. It is very, it's gotten better. It surprised me. I was like, man, I know what they're going to do. TVA, whatever. Yeah. And Mobius, whatever. And then I'm really, really enjoyed where it's taken me. Much, much, much different outcome than I had thought. Because I was like, first three episodes, I'm like, God, can we just stop talking? Right. I, I really was just tired of right. talking. Right. Can we <laughs> do something, please? I didn't care. And I like I knew immediately it was the Enchantress. WandaVision, I was, like, oh. I was af- afraid, like, oh, they're going to like lose people, from the, especially the first episode, because you're like, what the, what fuck, the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, but people stayed on, and WandaVision became incredible. Speaking of you know, dealing with mental health issues, yes. examined what's going on in her head. PTSD, separation, yep. uh, the loss, the loss love, mourning, I mean, grief. The whole process that, that she went through. I mean, we basically saw all the, 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 the seven signs of grief mm-hmm. that a person goes through right. in four or five episodes. Yeah. And it was just like heart-wrenching at the end when... You say goodbye to it. I mean, nobody comes out. I know spoilers. Nobody comes out <laughs> alive on this one. Yeah. And it was just like, what, what, what did I just see? So mm-hmm. it totally took that hard right that I wasn't expecting. And Loki has done, has done the same has thing. Has done similar things, right. Mm-hmm. So, again, Kevin Feige, props to you, man. Because when you care, I'll compare it to the Star Wars universe because we've been on for however long and I haven't brought up Star Wars. But, like, when you have people <laughs> that care – about the product. Yes. Okay? When you have a John Favreau, that's going to take you a long way. Just put Favreau in charge. Yes. Just, just, just let just Favreau make it happen. save it. It doesn't have anything to do with Kathleen Kennedy or whatever. No, I don't give a shit. Or I don't Ryan care about the Johnson politics. or J.J. Abrams. I don't care about any of that. I know those people love Star Wars and can tell great Star Wars stories. Yep. And, like, I think, and a buddy of mine, Carlos, who you might know, runs, has a toy shop uh, here in Denver, 
he's like buddies with Ryan Johnson. And I was like, I think Ryan could make a good Star Wars movie if it mm-hmm. wasn't part of the Skywalker trilogy. Yeah. Especially Outside when he it. was handed a bunch of mystery. Because here's what J.J. does. Here's mystery boxes and reboots. And then it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And then you ruin Star Wars. Hey, we did get an X-Wing that can drift and make skid noises. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in the sound department was really happy about that. But I'm like... Rise of Skywalker didn't make any sense. None whatsoever. Last Jedi, I mean, just from a storytelling standpoint, and nothing of what I've written has been sold, so who the hell am I to say anything about anybody? But I just know from a storytelling standpoint, you know, you set up, you pay off, you set up, you pay off. I was hoping, and there were plenty of rumors, that Rey was going to be the reincarnated Anakin. So then when Luke would be like, and Rey would be so frustrated with Luke, and then Luke would say, no, you're my father. Yeah, that would be wild. I'm your father, dude. I'm getting chills just from yeah, that. See, and they could have done that twist, and it would have been great. And how the chosen one, there's always going to be a chosen there one. There always is. And the chosen one's going to be born, and it's going to be man, woman, whatever. And that would have been a great story to tell. And instead, they made Ray just, you're the most powerful being ever. I don't know why. Yes. I was actually almost kind of geared, uh, excited if Jar Jar actually ended up becoming a <laughs> Sith Lord. Because <laughs> I know that rumor, and we even talked about it on the podcast of him being a Sith Lord. And we're like, that would have been just absolutely perfect. It would have been perfect. The best movie, though, still is Rogue One. I mean, that. Rogue One was brilliant. That, that was so good. And again, nobody made it out alive. All of the feels were there. Right. That's, and you that's knew that Star going Wars. in, they you weren't going to make it out alive. You did. You were like hoping, fingers crossed, but you still in the back of your mind like Titanic. You know the boat's going down. Yeah. And when each character gets finally taken out, especially Donnie Yen's character, mm-hmm. oh my God, I just was just Dude, when K2SO wrecked. got shot up, I oh, was just yeah. like, oh my God, he's my favorite character. Alan Tudyk, no! <laughs> <laughs> now, so it shows what you can do. I think there's elements of Solo that were good. The whole thing wasn't good. No. It was like half a movie that was good. Um, so there's elements from these things. And there's elements. There are parts of Last Jedi that I will watch. There are parts oh, yeah. of Rise of Skywalker I'll still watch. But here's how much it is, and I've been a Star Wars fan from day one. When Rise of Skywalker came out to buy digitally, or Blu-ray, or whatever you buy it, right. I thought about it. I, I thought about it. I, I didn't, it. like, everything, everything Star Wars, first day, boom, first uh, yeah. wake up at midnight so I could buy it on PayPal, blah, 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 first thing. Blah. And Rise of Skywalker, I was like, do I really need to have that? Like, I don't watch Last Jedi. I bought it in the steel box. Uh, <laughs> nerd. I know. Nerd. I couldn't help it. It looks good with the rest of them. And I didn't there. mind Force Awakens. I know there were so many people, like, offended. that I was like, what did you expect J.J. to do? Have you ever watched a J.J. Abrams movie? Yeah. I don't it's know what you It's mystery boxes and reboots. Yeah. But Ray and I think Daisy Ridley, great character. Great character. Poe could have gone a lot of different directions with Poe. Instead, he's just a punchline at the end. Yes. Finn was the most... The way they handled Finn was the most disgusting because they could... He was Force-sensitive. Yeah. Everybody fucking knew it. You could have had a stormtrooper that became aware or, or was aware because he was a, a person become a Jedi. I know. Talk and about just, conflict. Just left that on the shelf. You, and, and maybe he could have done some dastardly things because I know he walked away from that one fight or whatever. Right. But, like, just that conflict. You were worked for the Empire and knew it was wrong, and then you became a Jedi because you're Force-sensitive. And there was no payoff. There was no payoff to that character. None whatsoever. And then he became a joke, you know? And, yeah. and Last Jedi, he's got the water squirting out. It's like, dude, that is a... A very good character. I think Ray is a very good character. And instead, you're like, let's sell toys and robots and BB-8 yeah. and here's a hairdryer and all that. Like, 
<laughs> it reminded me like one of those old school popcorn poppers that had the <laughs> right, right. That's what it was. What it was. Uh, Cecil, we've been talking a while. I should probably let you go. Sure it's call. Like, it's like an hour. <laughs> I got to post this at some point. Okay. Um. So we'll 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 give you some parting words. Okay. Um. How do people stalk you? I want to because I want people to follow up on your Netflix projects. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to stay apprised of what's going on, especially with our our tie to Jay. Even though right. he's not here and he's got his towhead children out in Atlanta, because you know out in that, Georgia. What's up? Out in Georgia, we miss you, Jay. Um, but how do they stalk you at home besides listening to you on the air? Right, right. <laughs> um, I've actually had people come out to like Broncos. Because I'll be like, hey, I'm going to Broncos. I'll yeah. see you guys tomorrow. Stay frosty. Right. And then this one guy like pulled up in his car, and he was like, say something nice about Trevor Simeon. I'm like, what? Whoa. He's, and he's like, you always say bad things. You say something nice. And I was just like, this guy's weird. <laughs> he's weird. And I told Broncos then. I was like, you got to get better security. Because I had a fan waiting to accost to me. Jump you? Yeah. I was, I was at – it was the Broncos Raider game. I was working for the Fox. I was filling in for Barrel Man. Okay. So I was Barrel Boy. And I had fans coming up to me asking for my autographs, just like out of the blue. We mm-hmm. not. And just like, I, I need a handler. I need something. Right. It's cold as balls because it's a Monday night game in the right. middle of winter. Shrinkage is real. Oh, yeah. I was like, and there's a hole right here in the barrel. <laughs> no one can, of course, see where I'm pointing, but you can use your imagination. And it was just awkward. And I'm by myself. And I'm like getting like accosted. Right. I'm like, just, I just want somebody to help me. Help me, please. <laughs> so stalking me online is easy. On Twitter, it's at Cecil Lammy. On Instagram, I'm at Cecil Lammy. On Facebook, if I can accept your friend request, because I think I might be maxed out. You're close. You're almost Cecil at 5G. Lammy. Okay. Um, and, you know, check us out, smokinggungcomics.com. Smoking Gun was the name of my truck in high school, because I drove it for a semester without a water pump. And it would smoke every time I drove it. It would steam, actually. Um, so, yeah, smokinggungcomics.com. You want to learn more about the comics, follow us on Instagram as well. I think it's studios on Instagram. Either way, just check us out. appreciate you guys, and I'll provide as many updates as I can as I get my ass back to work writing. I, I would love to have you back. Are you going to do a Kickstarter? Are you just going to try and... People have told me about that. And it's, it's complicated. It is somewhat complicated. Uh, I'm just going to try to raw pitch it. And like I said, we've got the ends with Netflix, and then we'll have ends with other studios. Universal had a lower-level guy that was interested. So we'll pitch it like normal pitch, and now without COVID or with things lifting, that'll be in-person. COVID put a little bit of a delay on it because there weren't any in-person pitch meetings. There was some virtual stuff, but not... Not but you need, you, need the, you need the intimacy. need the intimacy, the yeah. face-to-face, and then having the book to sit in front of the executive and be like, here's our book, yeah. here's the sales that's data, huge. whatever. That's huge. So, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to try it that way. I've never done this, so I'm going to try the boom, scout, image, I all think, that. I think image would be a great fit because image does, cape, does non-cape stuff very well. Yeah. I mean, so well. And I know Dark Horse needs anything at this point. Right. <laughs> They got, like, nothing over there. Well, Stranger the nice things. thing about creators is that you're going to keep your property. It's yours. This isn't Todd McFarlane and Dave Michelini giving Marvel Venom. No. They gave them yeah. a billion-dollar idea, literally billion-dollar idea. Just gave it to them because Todd McFarlane wanted to draw the red and blue Spider-Man. Yeah. He didn't like the black suit. Can you blame him? It is a classic. It is a classic. Anyway, so follow us on Twitter, check me out, blah, 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 and uh, smokingoncomics.com for all the comic book stuff. 
smoke in or smoking? Smoke in. Okay. S M O K I N G U N C O M I A C S dot com. I put E N. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, follow Cecil. Stock him to your heart's content. He loves fans. He's used to them. Unlike me. No, that's not true. Um, so then on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye. We'll be back uh, next week. We have Barry in the studio, Barry McLean Jr., who will be talking about his valiant comics that he's got going on and his appearance for a local con that will be coming up in addition to our normal hijinks and whatever cocktail I decide to create. So in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind.